Is it time to abandon England's white ball chargers? This is cricket, only better. Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 147. I'm Ed Hawkins, tackling the big topic this week as England begin another white ball series, starting two a week at the moment, aren't they? Have they gone at the game? Someone who hasn't is this man, Sam Collins. Hasn't gone yet, Edward Hawkins. I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to blame a ludicrous, ludicrous schedule. Take the money as Rome burns, uh, as we've seen with this week with with Ben Stokes quitting, there are consequences. Anyway, enough of that. No quitters here, just winners. Um, and here is one of them, Paul Krishnamurti of betting.betfair. Hello, Paul Krishnamurti. Hi, Sam. Hello, hello. Welcome on this warm day. And here's another Richard Mann of sportingnife.com. Richard Mann, how are you this morning? Hello, Sam. I'm actually a positive COVID test at the moment. So, uh, so I'll bat along just for you. Thank you, Richard. Good to hear some cheer in your voice. Marvellous. Let's, as ever, let's to get lots to get through. Ireland versus New Zealand in a T20 on Wednesday from Belfast. England versus South Africa in the second ODI. And as Edward Hawkins said, we will try to work out what's up with them. And then off to the Caribbean for West Indies versus India in an ODI. Another crazy schedule. What can we expect? Edward Hawkins. Yeah, we've got team news, pitches, in-play strategies, players to follow and laughs and larks, no doubt. Not to mention our brilliant treble chance picks and our best bets. Let's get on with the show. Let's warm up with Ireland versus New Zealand in the second T20 from Belfast on Wednesday. Ireland are at 3.9 on the bet for exchange. New Zealand, 1.3. What are we looking at, Hawkins? Righty-ho, what are we looking at indeed? We've got some teams for you. We've got New Zealand and Ireland. Ireland lining up like this. Sterling, Balburnie, Delaney, Tector, Camphor, Tucker, Dockrell, Adair, McCarthy, Young, Little. New Zealand, Guptill, Allen, Cleaver, Phillips, Mitchell, Neesham, Bracewell, Santner, Sodi, Ferguson and Duffy. The Belfast pitch has been tricky. New Zealand won game one with a score of 173, so it's far from a road that we saw in Malahide in the ODIs. The average RPO across 32 matches at this venue is a shade over six. So if we're adjusting for time and the progression of the game, because the first matches were played in 2008, we might have to bump it up to around about 1.5, adding on that or maybe uh, two. So 173 from New Zealand is a good score. That's what we think. Thank you, Edward Hawkins. Is the pitcher leveller for you here, Paul Krishnamurti? And are you backing Ireland? I'm quite tempted to. Um, I mean, 1.3 about New Zealand is not um, considering they're playing a second a, a lower team there. Um, that might look quite generous on paper, but Ireland definitely improving as a side. They've done well in the ODIs already in this series, given them a real match. Beat West Indies last year away. Um, and I think that I just think they're improving. I mean, I've always thought of Ireland as being quite a frugal bowling lineup, good fielding side, but you know, always vulnerable to being skilled. But they're definitely improving. Harry Tector, in particular, is a star. Um, 
I've seen him a few times and he looks a really outstanding batsman. And they can go quite deep. You know, the uh, George Dockwell's been coming in at eight, Mark Adair at nine can bat. So they're more than capable of putting together a decent total on a on a, um, a, a pitch that they can be competitive on. They're at home, as Ed was saying, 170 is a good score there. So, yeah, they could absolutely come into it. OK, what say you, Richard, man? Yeah, I think I think New Zealand will win, but I agree with Paul. I think Ireland can be competitive. I think we've seen that in the ODIs. I think the one thing we have to be careful about with New Zealand is, is that cricket goes in cycles, doesn't it? And I do think this New Zealand side are probably on the downward turn now. They've had a fantastic running test cricket, T20s, ODIs. But Taylor's gone, Watling's gone, Southey looks past his best, Kane Williamson past his best, they're playing a second string here. And I, I think New Zealand are going to be vulnerable to, to sides like Ireland. They lost a test match to Bangladesh um, recently as well. So I do think New Zealand are vulnerable, um, but I'm just not quite sure Ireland would be strong enough to warrant a bet either. Um, I, th- I think there's probably better value elsewhere in the side market. So it'll be competitive again. Okay, thank you very much. Um, what do we do with those pitch stats, Paul Krishnamurti? Is it a tricky surface? Yeah, it looks that way. It looks like a low-scoring crowd. There haven't been that many sixes there, even in matches over the years. Um, I would suspect. I suggest maybe the best thing to do is to try and go unders in running, because you would kind of fancy, especially in New Zealand, that the, the line will probably open higher. 175 plus being par, maybe 180. He needs Guptal to get a few boundaries in the um, first couple of overs, and you're going to be able to lay 175, 180 odds on. So I think I'd look to do that. And with Ireland, you know, I think Ireland's probably going to struggle to get 140 here, and that should be odds on to lay at the start. Okay. Um, anything in play for you, Richard, man? And not really. I had a look at this just with the good weather we've had recently and I thought surely there are no excuses for a poor pitch here, but the, the stats just, just don't back it up, do they? I think, what's the highest T20 international score? Bangladesh, 190 for five here. There's only been two scores of 300 in one-day international cricket. So it's a tough place to bat. I think it lends itself, actually, particularly with Ireland, for betting in the side markets, top Ireland batsmen, and betting lower down for big prices. 30 or 40 might win you this. Okay, thank you very much. Over to Hawkins for player market value. Richard's teed me up nicely. I'm very keen on Phillips and Mitchell in the middle order for New Zealand. Uh, interestingly, Finn Allen is back in this uh, team for New Zealand, uh, a player we've spoken about a lot. Nine games for Yorkshire and a blast uh, this season. Average 21, no score over 50. And kind of redefining what... Uh, a batsman is all about in T20 is Finn Allen because he's striking at 179. He's not getting a lot of runs, but what he does, he gets very, very quickly. So he's challenging us uh, how we go about finding a winner on this market. For Ireland, Sterling. So Sterling, 2 in 13 against the filtered top nine sides. Who's the value? It's Andy Balburnie. Four wins from 13. We'll also pick out Josh Little with the ball. Three wins in the last 11. Again, those are the top nine sides. Harry Tector, two wins in 13, I'm told, uh, was brilliant in the ODI series. Are you backing him, Richard Mann? And if not, who? Well, Paul's already made a strong case for him, hasn't he? He looks a terrific player. Um, I just wonder, at the moment, from what I've seen, I wonder if one day international cricket is more his bag. 
And on what I presume is going to be a short price, I'm tempted to leave him and go lower down the order. I definitely think there's a case here for Ireland being bowled out for 150 and number seven or eight winning the market. Mark Arde, Mark Arde can bat and George Dockle can definitely bat. And I think at big prices, I'd be tempted to duck those two guys batting at sort of seven or eight. Dockle is a much improved batsman, actually. So I'd go with, with those two guys, both made runs in the first match. Okay, anything for you here, Paul Krishnamurti? Yeah, one person, one player down the order for Ireland, he's not in that lineup head pick, but he has played in some of these games, is Simi Singh. Simi Singh often goes off 33 to 1 plus, but he's won, he's won that market before, I'm pretty sure, and he's and certainly back. Um, I'm largely inclined to back Harry Tector because I've done it a few times and got a good record. But I think Rich makes a very good point. Probably 50 over cricket is better for him. Um, and just on the um, New Zealand side, I can't get out of my head how bad Ireland were against Akil Hussain last year in that in that series. That's the only hope the West Indies had in that series. So I'm inclined to think that if Shodi might be the bet if he was 7-2 or more to be top New Zealand wicket-taker. Yeah, if I can dive back in quickly, I, I on the similar sort of premise, Paul, I've got Ish Sodi and Jimmy Neesham for Man of the Match honours. Uh, I, I think Sodi's very interesting. And I think Jimmy Neesham, we had a really good game in the first match, 29 from 16, and he bowled well two for 19. I think if you fancy New Zealand here, which I do, I think you want to be taking a couple of Kiwis in the Man of the Match market, Neesham and Sodi for me. Yeah, also Michael Bracewell on that, who hit a ton the other day. Okay, lovely stuff. We're loose. We're ready for two more matches to tell you exactly what's going to happen and the best bets too. England versus South Africa in the second ODI on Friday from Old Trafford at 1pm UK time. The series is underway at the Riverside as we get this pod into production. But England went off at 1.55 for that game on Betfair Exchange. We think the sides might line up something like this. Yeah, England, Roy, Besto, Root, Butler, Livingston, Salt, Moeen, Willie, Overton, Rashid, uh, Kars and Potts, South Africa, Milan, De Kock, Markram, Van der Dussen, Miller, Klaassen, Felicaweo, Maharaj, Shamsi, Nokje or Nagidi. They could also play Marco Janssen in there if they wanted or Dwayne Pretorius to lengthen their batting. The Old Trafford pitch, six of the last ten, 290 or more in your first innings. But only two of those, both teams scoring 290 or more. Looked pretty flat for India when they chased 260 and 42 overs the other day against England. India, interestingly, took pace off with Hardik and Yus Chahal taking seven wickets between them. Back to Sam Collins. Let's kick this one off with a question from a listener. Do please get in touch with at Cricket Betting on Twitter if you have a query from the team. We will always do our best to fit you in. Uh, so in this case, Andy Watson wants to know how much weight should be placed on recent results versus historical data. So if we apply that to England in white ball cricket this summer versus historically, for example, they've been very poor versus India this year, but are historically a very good side, Richard Mann. Well, I wouldn't be writing this England side off. I think it's it's the batting that's let them down so far this summer in white ball cricket, but we know that that top five is packed full of power and fantastic players. But I think as a punter, you have to be on the ball and you have to, to look at those cycles again and see when a side is on a downward spiral. I mean... <sighs> 
the warning signs were there about New Zealand's test side when they lost to Bangladesh in the winter. Um, and we probably should have seen what happened in the summer coming. But I think for this England white ball side, I, w- side, I wouldn't be giving up yet. They've had a lot of injuries to the bowling attack. And look, these are fant- a fantastic batting lineup with guys in their prime. I'm sure they'll b- bounce back. Okay, thank you very much. What's your view, Paul Krishnamurti? New captain and coach had a negative impact for you? Or um, is it too soon to judge that? Do we just ignore recent matches and keep faith? Broadly keep the faith, um, primarily because of the batting. The batting is outstanding. And they're very, very deep. And it's too early to judge Butler. Um, so I'm still happy to back them to score big totals, as we have been in, in recent years. I wouldn't read too much in losing to India, who are a superb side. Um, but the one thing that would deter me, say, if we were looking at the World Cup, for instance, and also I think for this series in South Africa, is the bowling. I just don't think the bowling is really, really uh, top class. Um, and I think South Africa are definitely superior in that department. Um, with England lacking confidence, I would have said they're a pretty poor bet for these games at 1.55. And I think South Africa would have to be the value there. Okay, thank you very much. Um, let's have some bets in play or straight up match odds wager. Um, over to Richard Mann and then to you, Paul Krishnamurti, after that, please. Uh, well, me and Paul were just talking a little bit off air, actually. I wouldn't get carried away with big scores at Old Trafford, and, and Paul's got some cracking stats for that. But sixes as well, if you bet in the sixes market, just very low on, over the last few years. And I think the last ODI uh, against. India, as Ed said, it looked a flat pitch, but there were only 10, 10 sixes in the whole match. India batted really well, only made two. It's a big ground, square of the wicket. And I think if you, if you watch much of the blast this summer, you saw Lancashire, even though they have all that power in their lineup, their batsmen were generally just playing French cricket, tapping it for two into the leg side and just running hard. Um, so don't get carried away with boundaries at Old Trafford. Even if it's a flat pitch, you generally see a lot of rotation of strikers opposed to big sixes. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, again, I, I'm on the unders, but with runs, I think, in running. Um, I think Parr's going to start around 300. Uh, if England back first, I would be very inclined to go under 275, maybe laying that at 1.5. The stats here, um, in the last 11 ODIs at Old Trafford, five of the first innings were under 275. So that would be clear value if you could lay that 1.5. Plus, I always just think that this is a ground that spinners get plenty out of the pitch. And to me, South Africa's spinners are superior. Shamsi could be very dangerous in this. Okay, thank you very much. Let's have some bets in play. Not bets in play, sorry. Going to Edward Hawkins for the tops. Already have the bets in play. Uh, yeah, picking up on the question uh, from our listener. Uh, player form has to kind of be historic, really. That's all we can go go with. Uh, because if you're just using recent form, you're back and forth and all over the shop, really. And just chasing the money. And that's why we quote, win rate so much. So, for example, top South Africa bat, Milan has seven wins out of 16. That's going back two and a half, three years. That's a really important statistic, and it just reinforces that you've got to be taking a wrong price. There's no imp- no point backing Joe Root at short odds because he's got one win and eight. 
at the moment. These stats are before uh, that first game uh, on Tuesday. So Milan is your value for South Africa. Johnny Bairstow, we're going to need um, a bigger price than uh, the sort of 11 to 4 he's been going off at because he's got four wins in 15. Uh, Nagidi is always a favourite of ours, but there's only two wins in 13 now. Uh, Maharaj mentioned earlier as a spin option, uh, three wins in 17, but returning five times in 17. There's not a huge amount of value around apart from Milan, but that is big value. Richard Mann, who should we be following? Well, well, you saw it coming, didn't you? I, th- I think Rassi van der Dussen, he looks like he's going to bat in the top four from, from what we saw in the warm-up games. He made runs in the last one. And I think this is, as I've just alluded to, the sort of ground that will suit his batting. He's an accumulator. He'll work the ball into the gaps and run hard. So I'd be tempted to give him a go in the top South Africa batsman market um, if if the prices allow. I, you know, I do think he's a class act and he's a selfish cricketer and he, and he might bat long for 18 and out and that's perfect for this uh, and Paul's kind of touched upon it already I think spinner player part here uh, Shams is a wicket taker and Adil Rashid as well back in the England side he's got a good record at this ground um, and he you know he'll toss the ball up and he'll pick up wickets it might be expensive be tempted to dutch them two in the man of the match market actually Rashid and Shamsi. I think they'll both will have a big impact on the game Okay same question to Paul Krishnamurti yeah, very similar. Um, I've got Shamsi down for top bowler and Rashid and possibly man of the match. I'd also throw in Marco Jansen, who um, should get a bit of bounce there. Could be dangerous. I think they'll have a good summer and he's generally an outsider. Um, and Rashid, top bowler for England. Okay, lovely stuff. All done. Just time to say, check out betting.betfair for free bets, offers, terms and conditions apply, of course. Over 18s only. And please visit begambleaware.org. Next up, it's West Indies versus India in an ODI. West Indies versus India in the first ODI starts on Friday, 2.30pm from Port of Spain in Trinidad. Betfair exchange prices are shaping up to be very, very, very short on India. It's early days, admittedly, but 1.4 in 3.4 West Indies. Edward Hawkins has a lowdown on that in a second, but... Wait, what's that noise? It's the totally unpredictable treble klaxon. Paul Krishnamurti, on duty today. Okay, so this should pay around 40, 45 to 1. Um, Harry Tector, top Ireland batsman versus New Zealand. South Africa to beat England. And Yusvendra Chahal, top wicket taker for India. Lovely. Thank you, Paul Krishnamurti. Great stuff. Back to Edward Hawkins for his lowdown. Okay, got some teams for you. They're going to line up like this, we think. Uh, West Indies have got uh, problems with their side. Have just been beaten 3-0 by Bangladesh. West Indies hope Mayers, Brooks, Peran, Carty, Powell, Holder, Akil, Joseph, Moti and Seals. India, Dawan, Gaikwad, Shreyas, Samson, Huda, Jajaja, Axa, Thakur, Avesh, Chahal and Siraj. The pitch, only two ODIs in the last five years at this venue. Both versus India. India won both, defending 279 and chasing 255 off 35 overs in a rain-affected game. West Indies have lost 23 out of the last 38 since the World Cup. Their 10 wins came against Afghanistan, Ireland and Netherlands. They're a terrible side. Head-to-head, the same study period. They've lost seven of their last eight against India. Back to you, Sam. Paul Krishnamurti, to you. For any 
for the West Indies in this game at all. Uh, India obviously not at full strength. I haven't had time to acclimatise. Do you see anything in West Indies? Not really. Um, I think if you were looking for an angle to bat the outsider, you'd say that they might not be acclimatised. But uh, to me, that that Indian eleven turning pretty good shows how much strength and depth they've got. And I really think that West Indies are like, well, India are like their West Indies' worst opponent. Um, I think that they will love the slower pitches out there, India, as as opposed to England, where they've just been outstanding over the last week. Um, I don't think the West Indies spinners will be half as effective against Indian batsmen as they generally are or have been of late, whereas I think that the likes of Chahal and Jadeja will just, could just run through West Indies here. And I note that um, in their last seven ODIs in the West Indies, India won six of them. That includes all three matches at Queen's Park Oval in the last nine years, all of which were one-sided. OK, thank you very much. Richard Mann, West Indies were awful versus Bangladesh. They lost 3-0. Um, what are the ways to play a mismatch here? Yeah, well, I mean, it does simplify things, doesn't it? So, you know, I think you have to look at the man of the match market and, and load up on India, get get two guys in favour there. Um, I think back in, as Paul will be doing, I'm sure, back in extremities on one's lines, I think West Indies could really fold here and we could see some low scores, particularly against high-class spin. We know West Indies in this format have had a real issue against spin for a while now. Adil Rashid caused them so many problems earlier in the year. Uh, and then just look, if you want to at the West Indies lineup, just look at your class players, the guys who generally stand up in what is ultimately a pretty poor side. And you're looking at Jason Holder and Rothman Powell. They're the guys who generally stand up and be counted and the rest are, are very flaky. So concentrate on those guys. But I, I think really you're all in on India and you've just got to be finding your angles on them. Okay. Thank you very much. Some nuggets for in-play strategies, please, guys. Paul Krishnamurti, you first. Well, if, if they're going to open at 1.4 for the match, I think simply place an order to back India at 1.7 to win it. Okay. Richard Mann? Well, if it, if India open the ball in with, with seam, which I think they probably will, there's half a chance West Indies get off to a reasonable start. And then guys like Powell and Jason Holder are bigger prices in running in the top West Indies batsman market. Um, I'd maybe half stake on those guys before the start and then and then try and get some fancy prices in running. Um, but I, I do think it's probably going to be hard work in running here because because it'll be so one-sided. Okay, thank you very much. Um, straight to Edward Hawkins. Top West Indies back. We used to have hope. We don't have any more. Uh, four wins from 20, so his win rate is gone. Brooks, four wins from 15. That's about as good as it gets for West Indies. Some real low numbers here. Puran, two wins in 21. Uh, King, one in 11. Uh, Akil, who we always fancy, one win in 23. The value seems to be with the ball. Akil returns 10 times in his last 23, and it's him versus Joseph. Joseph has nine wins in the last 21. Dewan, five wins last 30. Ayer, one win in the last nine. Those are the kind of the standouts. Chishal returning nine times in the last 26. Back to Sam Collins. Richard Mann, does Akil float your boat? How's he going to fare against the Indians, I think? Well, I think I think he's he's a very good cricketer, but I think India's strength is, is, is playing spin. I think the fantastic players of spin bowling, I, I probably wouldn't be loading up on him, really. Um, so, no, he probably wouldn't be with, for me. I think Rothman Powell really interests me in the West Indies batsman market. He's a class act, but as we see, he's held back. 
Um, which makes him a, a bit of a conundrum before the start of the match. I think you need to be looking for him in running. Um, and I, th- I think for India, um, you've got to be looking at the spinners. We've seen, as I've said earlier, Adil Rashid have so much success against this side. Shahal leg spinner, he's obviously going to come to the fore. And Ravi Jadeja, I think he's a, a, a friend of both mine and Paul's in the man of the match market because he bats, he bowls, he feels he's always in the game. I think he'll do well out here. Okay, who do you fancy for Krishnamurti? Yeah, massive agreement between me and Rich here. Um, that um, I've already got that there. Jahal and Jadeja for Man of the Match. And for Windy's, um, Jason Holder with both bat and ball. He's a very reliable, uh, good value pick in both markets, particularly with the ball, though, because I'm pretty sure looking at that lineup, he's going to be bowling at the death. So certainly 11 to 4, 3 to 1 or bigger on Holder for top wicket taker would be my bet. Right. Thank you very much, everybody. Now it's time for the best bets. It's best bets time. Both guys got five points to spend. Richard Mann is minus 28.05. Paul Krishnamurti is minus 27.5. I don't know who's going to go first, but just go for it, guys. I'm going to have half a unit each, uh, Mark Adair and George Dockwell in the top Ireland batsman market against New Zealand. Okay, I'll have two points on Jason Holder, top West Indies wicket taker. Okay, sticking with the Ireland New Zealand T20, I'm going to have half a unit each, Jimmy Neesham and Ish Sodi in the man of the match market. Okay, in um, the West Indies India match, I'll have um, one point on Yuzvendra Jahal. Uh, man in the match and half a point of Ravi Jadeja man in the match and in the England versus South Africa match I'm going to have one point Rassi van der Dussen top South Africa batsman and in that uh, England South Africa match I will have um, 1.5 points on Adil Rashid top England bowler right sticking with that ODI I'm going to have half a unit each Adil Rashid and Tabesh Samzi in the man of the match market I think it's still me, isn't it, Paul? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have one unit, Yuvisha's Shahal, top India bowler against West Indies. Thank you very much, guys. All done and dusted for Cricket Only Better, episode 147. Join us on betting.betfair. More analysis, best bets, trends, strategies, and what have you there. And we'll see you next time.